Father, we come before you because you and you alone are worthy of our praise. You are the Holy One, the Majestic One. You are Savior, Redeemer. You are Maker and Creator. And so God, we come today wanting to worship you, to praise you. So God, we ask that you would speak to us today. And Father, at this moment, we just acknowledge that our hearts are heavy for all of our Kentucky brothers and sisters over in Eastern Kentucky. God, for all those whose lives have been ravaged and wrecked by floodwaters recently. Father, we pray for those who've lost all their possessions, those who have lost homes for communities that have just been devastated. And especially for those families, those people who have lost loved ones. Yeah, we pray for the rescue workers who have taken time away from, from their ordinary life, from their loved ones, to go enter into harm's way to help others, to rescue others. We pray for those who've come face to face with death. God, we pray for your healing. We pray for your church to rise up. And God, we pray for a new kind of flood, a different kind of flood, a Holy Spirit flood that will enter into that part of the world that will flood those lives with hope and with healing and with restoration in your name. God, may your church rise up to be all you've called her to be to bring your grace and your good news even in the midst of the worst disasters. And God, we pray it all for your glory. Amen. Well, church, you have a seat. It is good to be back with you. These last few weeks, I've been gone. It's been fun. Some of you have been wondering where I've been. I've been out on a study tour, a study break. Been meeting with other churches and pastors and preachers and kingdom leaders and been doing a ton of reading as well. Just trying to learn and grow and to bring back what I need to help lead this place as the lead minister. And, uh, you know, one of the most beautiful things that I've seen through it It's just this great reminder that God's kingdom continues to advance, right? God's work is not done. God is still on the move here and all over our state, all over our country, all over the world and church. Listen, that's good news. That's what we're celebrating, all right? Good things are happening. And you won't hear it on the news, but let me tell you, God's kingdom continues to march forward and advance. And you know, one of the great reminders for me is just... We have something really special right here at OCC. Like this is a pretty special place. This church in her six and a half short decades has built a beautiful legacy. What a privilege I get to stand on that legacy, to continue to help build on that legacy. But in the last six and a half decades of this church, God has done some pretty incredible things. And we've seen young ministers and pastors and men and women of this church raised up and sent out to lead churches and missions and kingdom organizations all over the country and all over the world and sometimes right in our own backyard. And church, that's an awesome, awesome thing. This church builds on the legacy legacy of the early church. And the best news is that God's not done here. Uh, we have a great staff here. Uh, let's just give it up for the guys who preached through James this summer, right? What a good summer. What a, 
What a comforting thing for me to know that I can hand the reins over to those guys and they're not going to miss a beat. What an awesome job they did teaching. So proud of those guys. We have a great team here. Some of them brand new to the team. Some of them been with us for a while. It's really encouraging and exciting to see. And I am excited for us, for what's ahead, as we continue to build on the legacy that's gone before us as the people who planted this church so many years ago were building on the legacy of those who'd gone before them and ultimately building on the mission of the early church. So friends, when Jesus gave some of his final words to his followers after his resurrection, he gave them these instructions. And if you've been with us for a while, and this is going to sound pretty familiar, we revisit this often. Because it's a good thing to do to remind ourselves of our mission. Jesus said, he told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, now whenever you come to a therefore in scripture, you need to pause and ask yourself, what's the therefore there for? I know it's cheesy, but it helps. And what that means is you always got to look back at what just happened as you read ahead. Because what just happened frames up what's coming. So Jesus says, all the authority is mine. And that means he has the authority to tell us what he's about to tell us. And what he tells us is, because I've got the authority, I want you to go and make disciples of all the nations. Now, this word nation, in the original language, the Greek, it's ethnos. Ethnos sounds like ethnicity or ethnic group. And that's exactly what it means. It means people of different cultures, people of different languages, people of different skin tones and skin colors, all people everywhere. Go make disciples of all of them and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. Jesus invites us with this beautiful, powerful, daring invitation to join him in his mission of reclaiming his world for him. And he says, be sure of this. I'm always going to be with you. I'm never going to leave you. Now, it wasn't long after that, that Jesus spoke to them again, and then he ascended up to heaven. And at that time, those early disciples, about 120 of them, were standing there thinking, wait, wait, Jesus said he's never going to leave us, but he just went back up to heaven. What does this never leave us look like at this point? What's going on? But Jesus had just framed up how he was going to stay with him, how he was going to remain with him even to the end of the age. And he shows us that in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. How's he going to stay with us? Through his spirit, he's going to stay with us. And he's engaging us with his spirit. And then he says, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere it says you'll start next verse you'll start in jerusalem and then it'll move throughout judea and then into samaria and then to the ends of the earth now friends i'm kind of simple-minded so i like to frame this up in a way that's easy for me to remember jerusalem judea samaria the ends of the earth i just like to think of it this way it's here there and everywhere that's all he's saying he says you're to be my witnesses right here where you are over there where you'll go and everywhere here there and everywhere right so jerusalem judea samaria the ends of the earth a little geography lesson for us might help frame this up a little bit so we got a map for you today you got jerusalem and jerusalem is this city and that's where the temple's located and for practical purposes that's where the first church is located right so you have this church the church becomes the epicenter And then it moves from the city out into the surrounding community and countryside of Judea. So from the city to the surrounding countryside. And then it spreads up into Samaria. Now Samaria. 
little bit different than the rest of them. The language is a little different. They look a little different. They speak and act a little different. It, to frame this up, the best way for us to understand this, think of country boy from Bullock County going into the west side of Louisville into the hood. All right? You're crossing some cultural lines at that point. You're crossing some, some different lines, right? But every ethnicity, right? All these things you're, you're crossing over. And that's what this is like. Or maybe we think of it as the person from the west side of Louisville, from the hood going out into Bullock County, right? You're crossing these lines. And he says, this is what it is. Here, there, and then like you throw a stone in the center of a pond and ripples go out. It just keeps going out into further, 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 bigger circles to the ends of the earth. Here, there, and everywhere. Now, I think it's important for us to remember that as we think through this, sequence matters. Sequence matters. It begins here and then moves to there and then goes everywhere. Sequence matters. And here's why that's important for us. Because Jesus says, I want you to go preach this to all nations all over the world. I want you to reach the world. But here's why this is important. Because reaching the world begins with reaching our community. Reaching the world begins right here with reaching our community. So that's step one in the process. So to do that might look a little daunting. Because our community is kind of a big community. When you, when you think about the area around Louisville, 1.3 million people. That's a lot of people. How do we begin that? Who do we partner with? How do we go? Who do we link arms with? Now, back in the late 70s, a guy named Paul Hybert from Fuller Theological Seminary posed two questions to help us think through how to partner with other people in reaching the world, how to partner with others in ministry. The question number one was, we got to ask the question, do they believe everything exactly the same as us? Do you believe all the same things that we believe? But the problem with that question, he says, is that it creates an in-group and an out-group. It immediately shows differences and it creates a division. Because if you don't believe everything we believe, then can we partner with each other? So Hebrew says, no, no, there's actually a better question for us to ask. Do you care about what we care about? Do you care about what we care about? Then we're going in the same direction, even if we don't believe all the same things. And if we don't believe all the same things, but we care about the same things, then in that joining of linking our arms together to care about those people or to care about that cause, then we might just get the opportunity to share good news with you as well. We can partner up with other places to do good work. We find common ground, and we build on that common ground for the common good. And we do that with good deeds. And again, here's why that's important. Because good deeds produce goodwill. And goodwill creates a really good platform for us to share the good news of Jesus Christ. There's a lot of good in there, right? So we find common ground, and we build on that common ground for the common good. And we do that by doing good deeds that produce goodwill. And the goodwill produces a good platform to share the good news, the hope that we have in Jesus. And so that's why we do what we do. So, for example, do we believe, are, are we behind all the agenda in public education right now? No. Now, leadership of this church can't, in, in good spirit, say we champion all the agenda being put forth in public education. We can't. But, 
Do we believe those kids need someone to champion them? They should be loved on. They should be cared for. Do we want to champion our teachers who are doing the best they can with what they got to reach those kids and love on those kids? Do we think those kids need to be given hope and help and love and know that there's a God who cares for them? You bet. So we will partner up with the schools, even though we might not believe all the things they're trying to teach, but we know that there's some common good that can come from this, and there's a good platform that can come. So we'll link up with them to help increase the literacy, to eradicate hunger, to quell the violence, to stop hatred. We'll partner with them to make sure all those kids in our public education system know that they are cared for, that the church will champion them and love them because there's a God who created those kids in his image to be in relationship with him. That's just one of the ways this can happen. So, friends, in this series, Made for Mission, we're going to be taking a look at some of the things that God is doing through our church right here in our community, around the nation, and across the globe. But today, we're going to begin with what's happening right here. So that's why we've invited local ministry partners to join us out there in the lobby. And it just makes sense for me that if we're going to be talking about what's going on with local ministries, that we would have my buddy and uh, our new director of local outreach, Anthony Dunning, join us on the platform. Church, he preached for us last week. He did a bang-up job. He's new to staff. Would you welcome Anthony Dunning, our new director of local outreach, as he joins me up here? You know, they clap when you come out. They don't clap for me like that. Well, that's because I'm wearing a tie and you're not. (laughs) Don't expect it. Well, bro, I'm glad to have you join me up here on the the platform today. Anthony, you've only been here for a little while. How long has it been since you've come on staff? Uh, Let's see. Ten weeks. Two hours. 38 minutes. All right, man. There we go. Well, I'm glad you've been here for that time. (laughs) I'm glad you're here. And what initially drew you to this position? So I've been a part of ministry for a long time. And whether it was vocational or uh, volunteer, um, the the one thing that I loved the most about whatever I was doing, youth ministry, children's ministry, small group ministry, is the moments where I got to see somebody's life changed, somebody's day changed, because we were being Jesus to that person or to that group of people. And so in all aspects of what I did, that, that was the moment where I felt the most filled up. Um, and so when I was coming off of my, not to trump Jonathan, but my 10-year sabbatical <laughs> um, and getting back into ministry, I wanted to find a place that just had that pouring out of them. Uh, and so coming, starting the interview process with you guys and checking out the website and seeing you partner with uh, places like Beside You for Life, um, the fact that we have a food pantry uh, connected to the church, uh, and then really diving in and ultimately seeing the mission statement of help everyone find and follow Jesus. Man, I was sold. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here, brother. So you've been here for a short while, but in that time, you've begun making connections with some of our, our ministry partners. And uh, we're going to talk about several of them today, but I know there's a couple that just right off the bat when you connected with them, uh, got you pretty excited. Tell us a little bit about those couple ministries. Yeah, so the first one, uh, you know, Beside You for Life, um, 
holistic care for women, but not just for women, for women and men. Uh, those considering abortion, those who've had an abortion, um, lots of compassion there uh, from, from beside you. And, and they're not just about convincing women to give birth. It's way bigger than that. They're about caring for the mothers, the kids, the families, training the dads, training the moms, uh, partnering with local churches for discipleship, not just in the birth time, but continuing on past that, which is so important that they don't just lose that support once the baby's born. Um, they, they have a program uh, called Making Disciples, where they will continue that, that mentorship of the women and especially the fathers uh, to continue on through. Um, and we can be a part of that. And they have a class. The curriculum is already set up. They just need a space to host it. And they just need somebody who's willing to lead, facilitate it. So. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, and I know you love that one. And then, of course, our baby right here, the food pantry. Yeah. Talk us a little bit about that. Yeah, the food pantry. Um, I was very excited about that. The church that I came from in Maryland, we also had a food pantry attached to it. Uh, and the lady who started it, Stephanie, she was amazing. Started it out uh, in a closet with, you know, some, some canned goods and quickly turned it into the largest food pantry in the entire county uh, that it right, resides in in Maryland. Uh, and coming here and seeing what Allie Lucas has done. And when you see Allie today, give her a high five. Because let me tell you what an amazing high capacity leader Allie is when it comes to, to leading this food pantry. Um, she, she makes my job of the food pantry so easy because she's, she's just amazing. Um, but we have, we have two huge needs for the food pantry we always need food. We, we feel like we consistently run out of food all the time. And so beyond us standing up here and, and saying, hey, we, we need food, go on our website and see this food list, which is always there on the events page. And then you click on the, the food pantry logo and you can see that list. Please don't think that it's only when we ask for food from the stage that we need food. We need food all the time. Uh, so, so please find ways to, to bring that in. The other huge thing that we need is people who can speak Spanish. So if you can speak Spanish even just this much, which is a thousand times more than I can, uh, we desperately need you. Uh, about 80% of the families who come through our distribution lines on Tuesdays and Thursdays speak Spanish. And that language barrier sometimes becomes a challenge. What you're telling us is we need somebody who's going to go learn Spanish that don't know it just to come. I, it's a legit thing. Like if you're good with if you're good with words and languages, yeah. Now I know there's been a little confusion sometimes over the years. You know, Dare to Care and our food bank, and and Dare to Care has not replaced our food bank, right? It's Correct. a supplement to it. It's a partnership that helps. Uh, kind of underscore what we're doing, but it is the OCC food bank. We haven't like handed this thing over to somebody else. Correct. Correct. Yeah. yeah. You can see here in partnership with dare to care. And so we, they come alongside of us. They, they help provide us with the food that we give out. 
And so there's not a dare to care staff person here uh, that they, they support and they, they come and they check in on us and they, they're finding out everything that they can do to help OCC be that food pantry face that is here. Yeah. Well, I love what we've got going on with that. Now, we also have some, some pretty great things happening with the students in our community. And specifically, we're kind of targeting Southern High School as one of those places to make a big impact for the kingdom. Tell us a little bit about what we got going on at Southern. So Fellowship of Christian Athletes uh, is an organization. They've got what they would call a huddle uh, at Southern High School. And we, are, we target Southern simply because they're close. Um, but they are, there's a lot of need. I've met with a lady there um, who just kind of told me almost heartbreaking story after story about students who are there that are living in poverty. Um, so, but the, the, the FCA, um, their whole thing is to help encourage students who are already there to, to aid them in their relationship with Christ to grow their faith so that athlete and coach can help be Jesus on and off the field in a public school where teachers, they can't say that word. They can't say Jesus. They can't say Christian. They can't preach that. But the students can. And so FCA is there to help encourage and foster and, and grow uh, the students' faith to be able to do that. Uh, last summer... No, this summer, this summer, yeah. this summer, we provided the opportunity for three uh, student athletes to be able to go to an FCA student leadership camp. Uh, I got to hear from some of those students recently, and they they just had. I'm not going to stand here and say they had a great time. They had an impactful time. Yeah, and they came back with ideas, and 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 they were ready to share Jesus on the campus of Southern High School. Uh, and to not be ashamed about it, which was fantastic to see from juniors and seniors in high school. And we can do more than just pray for those students. Praying's huge, don't get me wrong. We absolutely need to do that. But what if, what if your rooted group said you're going to take one home game a month and cook dinner for the athletes? What a huge impact for those students to see Hey, these people don't know me. These, these people—they're—they're they're not my parents. They're not—they're not parents of, of a kid at that school. They're just loving on me, and that's yeah. would just be an amazing thing. They also have uh, one-off events, golf tournaments, whatever it might be that you can get plugged in to serve there as well. Yeah, you know, as Fellowship of Christian Athletes uh, was one of the ministries that impacted me when I was a high school student making my way toward Jesus. I, I wasn't following Jesus yet, but when FCA started a, a chapter at my high school, uh, that led me towards Christ. And then when I was a teacher, uh, close to 20 years ago, uh, it was Fellowship of Christian Athletes that gave us a doorway to bring Jesus into that school. So I got to lead the huddle. Uh, had to be off of school hours, like you say, but the students uh, were doing it. And man, God just blessed that ministry in some beautiful ways. So FCA has a, has a pretty... Special place in my heart. I love that we're, we have some partnership with them. Now, FCA is not the only thing we got going on at Southern. I, I know that um, you've also been pretty excited to connect with Hope Collaborative. Uh, this past winter, we launched an initiative for mentoring at Southern High School uh, with Hope Collaborative. Tell us a little bit about what that is. 
So if you, if you don't know what Hope Collaborative is, uh, they, they're awesome. And they do so much more than, than the little piece I'm going to talk about. Um, but Hope, Hope Collaborative is about getting into the schools to mentor the students. And mentoring students, changing students' hearts and, and their minds for Jesus is not a short game. It's a long game. And, and Hope Collaborative knows that. And so they get into the schools, uh, even when the students are in junior high, to begin to set up mentors for these students. And the idea is, is that you, if, if you're a lady, you meet with uh, a small group of girls. If you're a man, you meet with a small group of boys. And, and you continue to meet with them throughout the school year. And then when the next school year happens and they've advanced a grade, you advance with them. And you are with them, hopefully, all the way from sixth grade until they graduate uh, as seniors from high school. Increasing the probability that they will hold on to their relationship with Jesus. And that they will hold on being part of a church and serving in that church and serving the community because because of one aspect of you being in their lives for all that time. And and they're trying to move. Bullet County has actually reached out to Hope Collaborative to try and get them into the Bullet County schools. They're not there yet. They want to be. Uh, I had a, a conversation with the executive director of Hope Collaborative, and she kind of reached out to Oklahoma first, saying, hey, can we get mentors? Can we get people who are willing to mentor these kids in Bullet County? So there's a need for that right now. Um, you, you have a group of about four students, one hour during the school day, one day a week. For, for me, that's minimal effort for major impact. Yeah. Yeah. For those kids to know that they are loved and cared for. And there's somebody who, who just gives a rip about them. Right. Um, now I know that we've also on our own created some partnership with the schools, uh, doing some things. You've heard us talk about the back-to-school drive, the backpack drive. Anthony, explain that a little bit more to us, what we get going on with these backpacks. Yeah, so we want to make sure that our kids uh, in our community know that there's a church who cares for them and loves them because there's a God who loves them. And we want them to know that regardless of what things are like and how at home or how hard it might seem, providing school supplies is just a small way to do that. And there, there are so many kids who just can't afford to get the school supplies or don't have the means to get the school supplies. Or especially, and I know that we're kind of late to the school game. School's already started. Uh, and so our, our hope for this drive that we're doing is to be able to, to supply the schools with extra supplies. And so that as maybe a kid's backpack breaks during the school year, and they, they need a new one but can't get a new one, that the school says, no worries, we have one for you. Um, and if they run out of pencils, they got extra pencils or extra pens, and the school has those in supply, and neither side is scrambling to get the school stuff that they need. Yeah. And if you want to continue to donate, I know that trough is filling up, and that makes me super excited. Um, but, man, I want it to overflow and so much that Fitz is yelling at me because I'm not keeping the lobby organized because <laughs> there's so many backpacks 
and there's so many school supplies. And if you want to help, there are lists at the table in the lobby that you can grab grade-specific, grade even lists to send school supplies to Honduras. Uh, you can get those lists and go shopping. Um, you can donate by getting an envelope. You can also get access to those school supplies and donate online by texting LOVE502 to 502-289-1387. Yeah. And as crazy as it seems, there are families in our community who literally have to choose between, hey, do I put gas in the tank to get to work and provide for my family? Do I put food on the table or do I put supplies in a backpack? And, and that's a tough thing. Um, now, you're going to hear next week a little bit more about our partnership with Honduras and a ministry we've got going on down in Ocotillo, a community in Honduras. Uh, but want to give you a heads up on that too, because it's not just the kids in our community that we're loving on. It's also kids down there because as messy as things can be in the U S with politics and education and all that, uh, when you go to a developing country like Honduras with a corrupt government, like they have just multiply and amplify whatever problems and poverty we see. And that's the norm there. And so we're also supplying some, some needs for the kids down there. So church, I just want to encourage you. Uh, wouldn't it be beautiful if every family unit in our church supplied a backpack for a kid in our community and a kid in Honduras? I mean, what would that do for the kingdom and uh, letting those kids know that they're cared for? Now, it's not just kids that are young that we care for. We've also got some partnerships with places like InterVarsity Christian Fellowship out at UofL. And InterVarsity, um, they're representing our lobby today as well. They're doing some things to minister specifically, especially to international students. And we've got a team from our church who's already been helping international students get from the airport to the school, get set up in apartments, provide some things in their apartment. Um, so IV is a great ministry to connect with also. They need meals for their events throughout the year. Those students need people who will love on them and care for them. And the goal, the hope of all that is that those students will then, as they go back to their home country, they'll return having found Jesus here and return kind of as lay missionaries in their home country to take Jesus back there. Now we've got all kinds of things on the horizon too. Those are a lot of ministries we've had partnership with, but we also have some new ones. Uh, there's Crossroads Ministry, not Crossroads Church. We're friends with them. They're doing a good job over there in Mount Washington. But Crossroads Ministries and Mission. Uh, and Rob is out there in the lobby today with his daughter, Anna. And they're doing a lot of great work to reach people here in the city, but also uh, regionally. Uh, they're doing a ton with uh, the disaster cleanup from those who were hit by the tornado this past uh, winter. They already have plans in the works to help out in eastern Kentucky with those who were hit by the floods. If you're a hands-on travel and build something kind of person, that's the ministry that you'd love to connect with. But I know that there's another ministry, and we'll be hearing more about Crossroads as our new partnership develops more with them. But I know there's another ministry that's got you really excited that's on the horizon for us. And if you don't know about this ministry, if you don't know about what this ministry is about, I, I highly encourage you, when this is over, step outside at the table for Sycamore Farm and talk to Cindy Crawford. Uh, she's an amazing lady who has such a heart. The Cindy Crawford. Right? No, not the Cindy Crawford. <laughs> but she, she is just as cool. Yeah. Um, she has an amazing heart for uh, women to get freed from the sex industry and from human trafficking. 
when I first heard about human trafficking, probably, I don't know, maybe 10, just 10, 15 years ago, um, I thought, well, this is an India problem. This is a China problem. I, I was not fully aware or informed of how much of a problem it is right here in our backyard. And it's a big problem here in Louisville. And not, not just because, hey, we're sitting in Louisville right now, but because it truly is. Uh, Kentucky ranks number one in the United States for the number of child abuse and neglect victims. Number one. That abuse and neglect leads to these kids searching for some, something or someone that will give them a sense of belonging and love. And that usually means finding a false sense of that. One third of sex, tra- sex trafficking victims enter the life of the sex industry as a child between the ages of 12 to 14. Traffickers do whatever they can to get these girls into the lifestyle and then they do whatever they can to keep them. And that is anywhere from lying to abuse and torture and, and just causing emotional, mental, and physical trauma for these ladies. It's annual profit. So sex trafficking is not just something that goes on. It's not just a term that we, that we put on this. This is an industry. And so if it's an industry, it's making money. And this, this industry, its annual profits exceed $150 billion a year. That's more than the annual profits of Exxon, Microsoft, BP, Samsung, and Apple combined. Rev, that doesn't break our heart. There's something wrong with us, right? Um, I love our new partnership with this ministry. And uh, if there is one area that we need to see God do some work through us in this community, that's it. Um, And that's why we're so focused on reaching this next generation, these young kids. Well, Anthony, bro, I love your heart for the least, the last, the lost, and the left outs. I love your desire to see them be known and valued and found and have a place here in God's kingdom with his people. And I'm glad God brought you to us. And uh, I'm excited for what's ahead uh, for us in this partnership. And I'm excited for what's ahead for our church as we continue to shake things up for the kingdom. And uh, I I know that because of all that we've got going on just here locally, the demons of hell are are shuddering in fear. Just like we talked about in the James series. They know who the one is and they're afraid of what he's doing through us. And so, bro, I'm glad that you're with us. And, And church, I just want to remind us again, Jesus has given us a clear mission Go and make disciples of all nations. And he told us to be his witnesses here, there, and everywhere. And that means that reaching the world begins with reaching our community. And that's what we're about. We're not content to be a church that just welcomes people in and closes the doors and talks about those people out there. But we're a church that goes to those people because they are our mission. Because they're made in Christ's image to be known by him. And so we want to take hope to them. We want to do everything we can to help everyone we can find Jesus and follow him. 
And so we've given you a ton of ways today to get involved. I don't think it would be wise. I don't think it's possible to do everything we've talked about today up on the stage. But I think for our church, it's possible that every one of us does something. And I'll be honest, if if a few weeks go by, if a month goes by and and you're not plugged in, I, I don't think that's an issue of timing or ability or schedule. I think that's more an issue of heart and priority. So church, I just want to challenge you to be on mission with Jesus doing what he's called us to do. Now, Anthony, of all the things he's invited us to do, what are the most important things that we can do? Pray, serve, and love. All the time. Whoever you come in contact with. And not just when you're serving inside OCC or you connect with one of our ministry partners and you're serving with them. I'm talking a 24-7 Pray, serve, and love. Because you never know who you come in contact with, the kind of impact that you are going to have. Let's pray. Lord, pierce our hearts for people. And as we walk through this series, let us see the here, there, and everywhere where we can be impactful. And today, God, we are focusing on the here. And so again, I I ask, pierce our hearts for the people young and old of the community surrounding OCC. Show us places to make our time a priority to help everyone find and follow Jesus by serving them in a ministry that impacts our community. Amen.